Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. I literally pinch myself every time I record a new podcast. This is a dream that has been eight years in the making, and I'm so grateful that you are spending a part of your day with me. Hey, Carrie, thanks so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Yes, thank you for having me. It's good to see you officially. Um, Yes, so we've connected on LinkedIn and I've been following you for a while now and you have such great um, content and such inspiring videos and so I wanted to connect with you and really just have you as a guest because I think you really just inspire so many people and I see, you know, all these people commenting on your post and I just thought you would be a great guest to have on my podcast. Wow, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so let's dive right in. So if you will just kind of tell me a little bit about your backstory and your history. Um, I know we were talking offline, but um, I know you started at a very young age at 22. And so kind of yeah. just tell me how you got started and what you do. Yeah, well, I'm from Wisconsin originally. So I'm a Wisconsin girl and I went to UW-Madison and received degrees in sociology and women's studies. So it was always my goal, you know, how do I create a really big impact and help people? That was really at the heart of what I wanted to pursue. And so as I was about to graduate, I realized I had this big message, I had this big heart, and I had really no vehicle or medium to actually create that impact. And so I think I hit a bit of a rut and it's just a tough place to be when you want to make that change and work hard, but you don't know how. And so it was really around that time that I got access to some coaches, um, some mentors out of the Chicago area who had created a lot of success um, from a business side of things. And I had never considered business ever um, when I thought about, you know, what I was going to do as a profession. And it was interesting because I got really attracted to their mindset. Uh huh. really attracted to the results that they were able to create as a function of that mindset. And so I think a lot of people chase one career path or one industry or one job title. And my mindset was really chasing the who, the person who has the mindset that I want to emulate and really the expertise that can actually help me, who can right. really download that onto me. And so I tell people I chased thought process my whole twenties. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you always want to surround yourself by people you want to be like, or people that you want to emulate or admire, or, um, you know, just so you could feed off of their energy. Yeah. Well, and I think it's tricky in the 21st century, especially because we have access to so many inputs, right? So many different people's mindsets. So I think what we did was a little counterculture in the sense that we like found the people that we wanted to follow. And then we really put the blinders on because I think there can be a lot of background noise, which really trips people up from creating the life that they want um, from diversifying and spreading themselves too thin and, and being um, too casual about who they really listen to and, and are led by. So we got, we got very focused and um, I did get a job as a teacher. So I actually worked with young preschool students and really just leveraged my evenings and weekends to build out more of a side hustle. So I was not an extreme entrepreneur in any regard, 
uh, not having any business experience or really any capital at the time. It was more just how do I use sweat equity to sure. more progressively build something out using my spare time. And um, so, yeah. And so I was able to make that transition then in my mid twenties, you know, where my, my side hustles were creating more for me financially than my full-time career. And I said, what the heck, I would way rather be my own boss at that point and take that time and really invest it into other people who were in my similar position and, and also pursue other passions, of course. And we had kids then down the road, so get to spend more full-time with them. I love that. And you and your husband both have a business that you do together, correct? Yeah. Yep. So along the journey, there's the romantic piece, <laughs> the romantic <laughs> story. And yep, we connected actually through our coaches. And so that's been really fun too. I think a lot of partners really go separate directions. So it's been neat to lock arms and not just succeed together, but also fail together. I think we've learned a lot about each other in that process. And we also just have really different strengths and weaknesses. So um, Craig's background was in commercial lending, risk analysis. He's got a very analytical brain, which is great. Always very helpful for business. Right. So we right. make a good team in that in that balance. I love that because you are the the face and the visionary and but yet y'all work together and, and he does a lot of the analytics, am I correct? And and a lot of Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And what's been neat too is he's actually quite the force in terms of his own uh, content creation and public speaking. So it's been powerful having coaches because I think we pigeon pigeonhole ourselves a lot, you know, maybe with my background, not being analytical. Um, but when I get around people who are very logical and business minded over the last decade, that's rubbed off as you can imagine. And, and the same with Craig is um, getting around people who, you know, are great at networking and not being just behind the computer or spreadsheets, but it's really challenged us in ways to grow that we wouldn't have necessarily grown had we not pursued, pursued successful people in our life. Okay. So I'm going to back up a little bit because you said, you know, you surrounded yourself with coaches, you found coaches and you were um, attracted to their mindset. So tell me a little bit about that, because I think when we go to look for a coach, that's not necessarily what we look for in the first place is their mindset. We want them, you know, to help us to, to figure out what we need to do, but um, tell me a little bit about how that was your attraction. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. You know, you mentioned the word visionary, and I would say that was one of the biggest things that attracted us initially was just the level of speech pattern and dream and vision uh -huh. that they spoke. Um, also, just the fact that they had a lot of faith in people. And I remember early in my journey, I heard someone say, have faith in people who have faith in other people. I and love that resonated that big time. And so I just knew if I want to create success, if I want to evolve and grow, I have to get around the fire, right? If you're right. cold, you're on the fire. Um, but then it just assess, you know, do people have good speech pattern? Do they have really, really good integrity? You know, that was another thing. It's just the integrity was very strong. And we knew if we were going to create really a lifelong partnership and, create that trust that integrity had to be really first and foremost the values were a huge part of their mindset and really a, an attitude of giving and passing on the baton and really perpetuating their way of thinking and, and positive impact and really growth mindset right 
So I would say those were all, and that's all on top of like actual skills and teaching sure. methodologies. So. so it sounds like they were coming with um, an abundance mindset. Yep. Where yeah. was- I just didn't, I didn't get access to that in college in any capacity. So in contrast, it was just very stark and it got right. me really energized. I, I love that because, you know, growing up, we grew up in a very poor household and, you know, money was scarce and everything was scarce. And so you didn't grow, I didn't grow up with that abundance mindset of like giving away and pouring into others and sharing your knowledge. That was never something that was instilled in me. And so it's something that I had to learn over the years and realize that it does come back to you, you know, tenfold when you, when you come from an abundance mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Our daughter um, in her kindergarten class, they did a unit on growth mindset, which just blew us away. We're like, that is the coolest thing ever. And we didn't learn that in school growing up. I just think the next generation hopefully will have an awesome head start in, in that mindset. I feel like um, given the the teachers, the coaches, everybody that's out there right now and the momentum and the movement that I feel is it's moving towards is abundance and giving growth. Um, you know, you see it everywhere, all over social media. And I, I hope that that's what will bring up the next generation is they will come from from that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think so. I think we're on a good trajectory for sure. Um, so I want to also focus on a little on something else that you said when you um, hired some coaches, which was very hard for me to do is to block out all the other noise. And so how do you do that? Because there's noise and shiny objects everywhere you turn. So how do you do that? There certainly are, especially with social media. It's such a blessing and it's a struggle too, because right. I think social media is very motivating. Like I can open Instagram and be inspired by a pretty picture or a neat quote very quickly, but then it's also this interesting highlight reel that I think really creates unfortunate expectations on what it actually takes to create success. And so it's that subtle noise. And then it's also the noise of people who maybe don't understand what you're doing or why. Right. And so I definitely got a lot of pushback, you know, especially since I was at that point where I just graduated with a four-year degree from a good institution. And they're like, wait, now you're a business owner all of a sudden? And so I absolutely had people question me and I had to just get really anchored in my own belief of my own path and just really accept that I was going to be counterculture and that I was going to be doing something different and that if I wanted different outcomes, and I want a different result in my life, that it's a two-ended stick. I had to be willing to do unconventional things. And I think people sometimes miss that point. If you want to swim upstream, you have to actually swim upstream. Right. And so, um, yeah, just what you mentioned is counterculture and and going against what, you know, maybe the mass majority believes. And so that has to be something that's scary. And you have to, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm going to ask you the question. I'm sure there, there was a lot of fear there because you are going against what a good majority of people believe. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I think fear would maybe be too strong of a word. I think okay. because I was around such a powerful association, mm-hmm. 
with my mentors and, you know, other folks that they were working with too, I, I really got around a different culture with a different way of thinking. And, and you could think of it as like any religious group or any political group. I mean, if you get around other doctors, other people in med school, you really start to adopt that way of thinking and that commitment level to your program. And I mean, we all kind of are part of a culture, right? So I right. think I just got really immersed in the culture that was supporting my deeper cause. And I think the deeper fear was probably like, can I actually pull this off? Because <laughs> I think we all have our own phases of doubt and disbelief, no matter what our journey is or what the path. It's like, oh, wow, I'm really doing this, but am I going to be successful? And I think that's what's actually a little bit scarier. For okay. People, at least for me. Right. So tell me, how did you pull it off? Tell me your mindset and, and your drive and your passion. Tell me what what got you to pull it off? Well, I was realistic. I was really realistic about what it was going to take and how long it was going to take. I think most people do the work to set themselves up for success, but they don't stick around long enough to actually capture the rewards of their work or their labor. And so I had a very long-term mindset. I wasn't looking to make money quickly. I knew it was going to take a good incubation period and that quite frankly, I was going to need to change a lot because right. I didn't have a business background and I was really hardly even a professional at that point. So I was realistic about the timeframes and so often we see people really overestimate what they can create in the first year or two as an entrepreneur and they vastly underestimate what they can do in five, 10, 20 years. Right. And I so agree. that was the mindset shift I had to make because being a millennial, and I can speak to millennials because I am one, <laughs> is that we, we've always received things very quickly. It's always been very instant gratification. And so that was also a very big change I had to make is just operating from a position of delayed gratification and sewing into something that I wasn't necessarily going to reap anytime soon. <laughs> right. And the other big thing, Lisa, was actually learning how to benchmark my success in, in intangible ways versus just tangible monetary terms. And how did you do that? Because I know people, you, you want to touch something, you want to feel something, but uh, how did you do that? How did you benchmark your success without looking at money or monetary items? So a few different ways, I would say my own confidence was a big benchmark. Um, my skills, my skills were growing and they were getting stronger. I would also just say my leadership and just in general, the soft skills, you know, being better at communicating, being better at working with people. Um, so there's all these developmental ways that actually became more indicative of my growth. And so I knew if I just kept on that trajectory, man, if I've grown this much in one year, what is the next 10 years going to look like? Right. 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 But Oftentimes people think of the win only in quantifiable ways. And I think they're really missing the mark, unfortunately. Um, I think that's so common because you don't see that instant gratification. And I know just even for me, in my experience as, you know, my entrepreneurship, it, it's, it's not instant gratification. There's a lot of hard work. And I yep. think people don't realize what goes in to the, the backstory and the back history and everything that you don't see offline. Well, and I don't think people talk about the hard work enough. I 
think people promote the end game and the results a lot because that's the fun stuff to post on social media. Right. Um, but it's a grind, right? And that's why my, my tagline on a lot of my content is enjoy the grind because yeah. you have to think of it as a great big adventure and enjoy the hard work and enjoy the fruits of the labor too. But it's, I think it's important to be transparent about what goes into entrepreneurship. Otherwise, I think people have very rose-colored lenses on what it's going to take, and it really ill-prepares the next generation of, of aspiring entrepreneurs to really fail because they don't really get what it's going to take, and they're not prepared for the journey. Well, and I think that that's what's so attractive out there is the end game. I mean, buy this course so you could, you know, have all these followers and have all this money like me. And that's what's portrayed is look where I am, look how much money I've made. And if you want to look like me, feel like me, talk like me, walk like me, you know, have the money like me, then come by my course and come follow me. And I think that's the part that's the attractive part. And mm -hmm. so that's what people sell. And really, I mean, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting you say that too, because when we're looking at people to potentially mentor, we really put them through a strong filter and a strong qualification process. And so often people lead with, hey, I'm really excited about the results you've created. And we always say, hey, let's back up the train. Right. Are you excited about the work that we did to get right. to where we are? Because that's more indicative of if we could have a working relationship and mentor somebody is that if they're excited about that. Right. So tell me a little bit about your business with you and your husband. Tell me a little bit about what y'all do. Yeah. So we do a lot of keynote speaking. I was sort of on a tour the last week, which was really fun. So we do a lot of public speaking and we also coach individuals. So people who already have a successful career, but would identify more as a moderate entrepreneur, meaning they don't necessarily see themselves working till they're 65 traditionally. Uh -huh. um, Someone who wants to diversify through a side hustle, but doesn't maybe have a big idea. They don't know where to start. They don't have a ton of capital or expertise. So that's the type of person that we we're kind of zooming in on. And again, we maybe mentor a handful of people a year and really work to train them in on the mindset and also provide different platforms and environments for them to really grow and scale. Um, we're also writing a book right now, which is exciting. How and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a fun new adventure. And then, um, we're getting our nonprofit set up because we want to have some of the proceeds from the book go to our nonprofit. And so we're really trying to knock out a couple, a couple big, big things, uh, in tandem so that we can really get that in alignment hopefully next year. So that's, those sound like some really big projects that y'all are working on. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're those big milestones that I think when I was young, I always wanted to do those. I didn't, quite know how, wow. but we said, Hey, let's focus on creating our success first. And then we'll lean into the passion projects and have the resources and time and leadership and sure. network actually do it, do it well in a way that's not stressful. So it's fun um, to get to that point. So tell me a little bit about how it feels, um, both you and your husband working together as entrepreneurs and being able to stay home with your kids and, and culture, you know, that family environment. So tell me a little bit about yeah. that. Well, it's a huge blessing. It, it really is. And um, we planted those seeds long before we actually had kids. So it was fun to create that dynamic um, in our home once we did. So our daughter's six and our son is two. And 
yeah, I would say we're really both full-time parents by choice and more part, part-time entrepreneurs. And uh, we also have a woman from Columbia that lives with us. She's an au pair and really part of our family at this point. So it's nice to still have good support so that as we are pursuing these projects and helping people, we've got, we've got all the right tools to still thrive as a family unit because it's, it's its own unique phase of life to have young kids, of course. But no, it's, it's been pretty remarkable. And I think there's, in, in this day and age, it's sort of binary. People think, oh, I either have to be a full-time stay-at-home parent or I have to be working full-time. And we just believe it should be a lot more fluid than that and that there are third alternatives for, for right. people to really create what, whatever dynamic that they want in that regard. And I think that's what people forget is you have choices to create anything you want to create. It doesn't yeah. have to be this or that. It can be a combination of whatever you want that to look like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we got to just pursue the people who've created it so we can actually learn how to pull it off. Cause right. <laughs> um, okay. So Carrie, how can we get a hold of you? Where can we follow you? Um, and when is your book coming out? Well, that's a good question. Hopefully 2020. So okay. stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. And um, yeah, people can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm also active on Instagram. And yeah, I'd say those would be the best ways to connect. Okay. And I will make sure to put those links in the show notes. That sounds good. Well, it's been really fun chatting with you, Lisa. And of Thank course, you. look forward to more dialogue in the future. And next time we talk, it'll be more about you, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Carrie. And thanks for joining me. And I feel like um, it was such a blessing to finally just meet you, you know, and, and get to know a little bit about your story. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great weekend and we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Thank you. If you like what you hear and you want to know more information, you could contact me at Lisa at recognizeyourtruth.com. I also sell my sticky notes on my website at recognizeyourtruth.com. If you are looking to launch a podcast and you want to know step-by-step step how to do it, I have a course that is starting in January, but I have a free guidebook on how to launch a podcast where I put a lot of great content and information in there and you could get that in the show notes. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.